السلام عليكم انا وعليكم السلام الحمد لله and to all the beautiful beautiful brothers and sisters tuning in how y'all doing are you ustad ustad bro bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah sallallahu alaihi wasallam today we are going to be talking about the problems with sufis now i'm just playing bro I love bro, it. Why one one of my eyes are bigger than the other? Bro, I'm not going to lie. I think sleep deprivation does that. Yeah, and you know I think it's when you sleep on one side too. Mm. I was sleeping a lot on my left side. No, then that would mean this side would be bigger. But then this side is bigger. It's weird. Subhanallah. Um, bro, look at that nur on your face. Allah mubarak. Bro, it's just the light, man. Look at this. All the nur just left, didn't it? No comment, bro. <laughs> Someone wrote, where's, what the hell, bro? This is why Rami does his stuff. Where's Rami? Where's um, Rami? Wait, yo, say something. Let me, let me fix the audio. Rami is there we taking go. care of some stuff. Rami taking care of some stuff. Basically, me and Anna have been gone for a week, week and a half. Rami's been here too much, so we basically told him, bro, you're not allowed to come on the stream, which is going to have to be me and Anham. Yeah, he's already worked all the hours that he had um, available this month, so uh, we're not letting him work anymore. Yeah. We, you got to want for your brother what you want for yourself, right? Yeah, he's he's this close to getting fired, too. Yeah, but we're going to rehire him just, you know, out of a good faith. Alhamdulillah. 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 All right, so today, alhamdulillah, if you guys made it this far into the stream, a couple minutes in, smash that like button before we go in. A uh, lot of lot of ground to cover today, bro. You wanna you wanna go over the itinerary? Do you have a hoodie on as well? Yeah, I have a hoodie on, bro. I have some haya. You know? Okay, okay. I was trying. To bro, I've been I've been I've been watching too much of these, mashallah, these these YouTubers, you know. And I noticed one thing, bro. When you look at Abu Taymiyyah or any of these YouTubers, they're, they're men. But they have a lot of haya, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's it's how it should be, bro. And the Prophet Sallallahu he had a lot of haya. Look at the narrations and, and everything on him. So at the end of the day, I think I think it's men and women both. Haya underrated. It's kinda of like uh a lot of people used to ask me, uh, why do you cover up your hair because like, I've, I've been experiencing hair loss for a while now. And for the longest time I would cover my hair. Because it was like a more of like an insecurity type thing, right? But mm-hmm. as time progresses, it's it's like the insecurity has left, and now it's more so I just cover up because it's like, I don't know, it completes it completes the fit, and it's like it's modest. At least I think it's modest. You know, like if if you have a a thobe, and obviously what I have on is not really modest, but if you have a thobe and then you have a kafia, like it's it, it completes the fit and it's modest, it's proper as I yeah. But if you have a thobe and you have no kafiya uh, or kufi or something like this, it's not that there's no haya. Like you have haya, but it's it's different. Like it, in my opinion, it's not the complete fit. But mm. someone someone yeah. commented, "What is haya?" What do you think, bro? Haya what means is, what is the exact definition? haya? Okay, so the beauty of this is, bro. I don't want to go full on 
you know, scholarly mode. But the thing with haya in Arabic, there's multiple meanings in English. There's too many. But I like to go with shyness. You know, shyness, that little bit of you, you, you have shyness, obviously, from the people. But first and foremost, in the eyes of Allah, and that matters a lot, bro. It's something super underrated and and people. What the hell is that, bro? Bro, some of these comments are ridiculous. I'm not even going to pin them, bro. Okay, so guys, today, back to the topic. We are, I'm in my parents' house, right? May Allah bless them. And this setup is just in the works. So my internet is kind of bad. And because of that, expect if it gets blurry or laggy, it is what it is. Angel, he's not in his permanent residence. Angel doesn't even have a permanent residence. So just just stay tuned, guys. Bear with us for today. Uh, big announcement on uh, the hell. Fide, did you and Angel a Punjabi back from... Oh, did you get Angel a Punjabi? Okay, so this is kind of like a... It's like a, you know, those Arab dresses that you see. They're kind of like a thobe, you know? And uh, no, your parents had me wear one. Yeah, my parents had you wear one when you came over. This man came over, I think, for Eid a few months ago, and then uh, you pulled up, I believe, in that exact top that you're wearing now, and your your black. No, Eid Mubarak. No, no, it was um, I think it was Dol Dol Hijjah. Dol Hijjah. It wasn't Ramadan. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't Ramadan. No, no, no. It was like it was in June, bro. Bro, do you remember I took these pictures of you in that white outfit? Was that not the same day? Yeah, but it was in June. Like, I was in, in Canada in June. Canada in June. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That makes sense, bro. Actually, no, it was Eid, bro. It was the second Eid. Yeah, I don't even know what the second Eid Yeah, was. okay. So, so basically, me, you, Rami, and Gabriel were chilling. It was the second Eid, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just chopping it up. And then I think Gabriel went home. Rami stayed home, and then me and you, we just went to my parents' house, and, bro, we went to this dessert spot. You remember that? <laughs> that bro, was terrible. Bro, you you knocked out after that. Yeah, that was, that was terrible. I was like... And then, we, bro, we got home. No, listen, listen, listen. First, we had food at... Um, didn't we have food at Rami's? Uh, I'm going to be honest, bro. I believe Rami's mom made us something like she always does. May Allah bless her. But I don't think we ate anything. I don't know. But I do remember like eating a ton of food at your parents. And then um, we ate too much there. Then we came back to your, your parents' house. And then your parents had like a whole more food for us. But bro, like, hello, like, let's get let's get into some like real stuff. Into some real stuff. I feel like we're kind of like going off into things that people will probably be like, oh, this isn't a benefit. You know, people are like, bro, why are you guys just having a conversation with us watching? I mean, hey, man, that was the Nia from day one. But long story short, then Anhel came over. My dad, being the, the Bengali dad he is, mashallah, may Allah bless him, he's like, yo, what you doing, bro? It's it's Eid. You gotta, you gotta look like it's Eid, you know? Not here looking like it's Eid quite yet. So he pulled out one of those those thobes, gave it to Anhel. He put it on. Mashallah, you were looking fresh. And then I think you rocked that for like the rest of the day. I think we even went to D spot, the dessert spot, with with you wearing that and me wearing my thobe, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah we did. Alhamdulillah. I mean, I didn't, bro, I'll, be honest, I'll be honest with you. I didn't hear any of the conversation just now. Like the whole thing just cut out. But I, I heard the last bit and that is correct. 
خلاص برو بسم الله نو سو تو انسر ذا كويشن وي ونت ا ليتل بيت اوف ا تانجنت سلايتلي وي ديد نوت برينغ هيم باك لايك اني ثوبز اني جيفتس ذس تايم الحمد لله لاست تايم اي ديد وين اي ونت تو سعودي اي ديد الحمد لله كوز اي اولويز لايك تو جيف تو ماي برادرز وات اي جيت تو ماي سيلف بت انفورتشنتلي وي وي ديدنت ذا ريزن بيينغ از ذس تريب واز مينلي فور my grandfather's funeral so he passed away allah yarhamo about i want to say give or take almost two weeks ago maybe nine ten days ago and the second we got the news immediately immediately bro no hesitation me and my dad bro we gotta we gotta go back to bangladesh bro there's like we're not we're not missing his janaza funeral prayer We're not missing his actual funeral itself. Like, how sad would that be, bro? You know what I mean? So we tried to book a flight. And then the same day, the problem was the only flight they had that day was 7 p.m. We got the news at 4 p.m. So if we wanted to go for the 7 p.m. flight, we should already left for the, the airport. So we left the next morning, went back home. And bro, let me tell you this. This whole time I was there, nothing else was on my mind, bro. No, no bringing on her back a gift. No, no, none of that. Seeing things, bro. You know, when you go back home, the food is banging, bro. I didn't even eat out once. Nothing, bro. It was just, I didn't even have an appetite, bro. The, the main Nia was just to go for my grandfather's funeral. So the thing is me, he has, he has two sons, right? My dad and my uncle. So the three of us, we, we lowered uh, my grandfather's body into the grave. And bro, I kid you not, like, you remember how the Prophet also mentioned, like, remember often the destroyer of all pleasures, which is death. And it's, it's recommended, from what I know, with my limited layman knowledge, to, you know, go to the graveyard, be reminded of death, keep the remembrance of death near, and it'll basically keep you in check. And I, I, I always knew the wisdom behind it, like, logically, but I never felt it spiritually. So this was the first time in my life where as soon as I went there, And we lowered his body into the grave. His lifeless corpse, bro. It's like bones. I kid you not. It just hit me, bro. How temporary this whole life is. How a month ago, I didn't even know I would be here. Two weeks ago, I didn't even know I would go to Bangladesh. And it kind of just, it reminded me of this quote, bro. I believe it's from uh, Fudel ibn Iyad. Rahmatullahi alayhi. He basically said that, Anytime you basically place too much stress in like what you're going to do in this dunya, what you want to, you know, do 10 years from now, five years from now, where you want to live, what you want to do, all this type of stuff. It's just dunya, dunya, dunya. Allah doesn't like that because at the end of the day, we don't have control over these things anyway. So it kind of just slammed me into that frame of mind. And I really didn't even have time to process anything. So it just, and I was in the masjid a lot, bro, like making most of my salah in the masjid too, um, which it's very norm there. It's not as much norm here. Most people in the West pray at home, unfortunately. Um, so all in all, this experience was very humbling for me. And it kind of just put me into like the, the most sharp state of mind where I have the remembrance of death near. Like I, I have never felt how temporary this dunya is until then. So guys, please make dua for my grandfather uh, that all of his sins are forgiven, that he's granted the highest levels in Jannah. He was a good man. He will always be remembered for leaving behind these memories of him always putting Islam first.
that's that's everything that he stood for, bro. Nothing else. Um, but anyway, with this with the story time out of the way, you got anything else else to say, bro? Before we do the the Q and A, run it, run it, boy. Oh, run actually, it. what I did want to say for all the brothers that and brothers and sisters, I'm not, let me correct myself. For all the brothers and sisters that donated to the uh, Blind Brother for his surgery. I'm actually in contact with him. Um, if you guys haven't seen any of the updates, all the updates are on my Instagram. So, inshallah, we'll be able to put that into the description box in the comments or something like this if you want to go check that out. Um, for the most part, like, he's, he's set. Inshallah, he's going to be getting his surgery on Monday. So, let's just all make dua for him. I'm in close contact with him. And, um, yeah, he might actually be able to see from the surgery, bro. So, subhanAllah. May Allah, may, Allah. May Allah, yeah, may Allah allow that. Let's just make dua for him and uh, keep a close eye on it. And I'll, I'll keep updating everyone with uh, all the information, inshallah. Mm, inshallah. All right, guys, without further ado, let's let's begin. Legit questions only, no goofy comments, no goofy questions. We're not going to answer that. If you are a member or it's a super chat, you will get higher priority because it'll show on the top for us. Um, Bismillah. So first one, Fayed, how much is it to join your program? Hit up this this website over here and we'll talk. We'll, we'll see you on the other side. Um, okay, next question. Brother Mohammed writes, how are you doing, Brother Fayed and Anhal? Alhamdulillah, bro. We do as uh, good as we can. Alhamdulillah. Bro, alhamdulillah for everything, man. Good and bad. Alhamdulillah. Zachary writes, your ethnicity. Was that a statement, my guy? Or a question? I guess we'll never find out now. What is the best way to introduce Islam to a non-Muslim friend? Or maybe to guide them to Islam. Eventually, guys, Sister Halima, let me tell you something before Anon jumps in. Hidayah is not from us. There is no there is no way to guide anyone to Islam. Like Hidayah is from Allah alone. You get what I mean? You could try if da'wah, you could try to inspire people, teach them Islam, bro. But ultimately, the hidayah is from Allah. And there's many reasons why. Some people think, oh, like, if Allah doesn't guide me, do I have a deficiency or flaw or defect? Or this person can't be guided? No, bro. What if it's just not the right time? How many times were we told what to do? Which was the right thing, by the way. But we just didn't do it because we were like, you know what? I don't think that's for me. But then looking back at him, you know what? I should have listened to them or my parents or X, Y, Z. Right? So that, that consciousness comes from Allah, alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, at different stages in our life. So sometimes it's not the best time. Other times we got to trust in Allah's plan. Um, but the dua of guidance, I would recommend you, Sister Halima, to ask your non-Muslim friend, better not be a non-Mahram now, and ask them, I'm assuming it's her, uh, ask her to basically make sincere dua to Allah. Uh, the dua of guidance is never rejected. Just pray to Allah, God, whatever they, they call it, the one creator. Same thing. Um, just to guide them. And inshallah, as, as Allah Azza wa Jal will guide them. And that's that, bro. 
I know what do you think? Inshallah. I think that's a beautiful answer, man. Um, I'm not qualified. I'm not a scholar, so highly, highly suggest sister that you go to a scholar to get the more proper answer. Um, the only thing that I would say from my uh, limited understanding would be just to be the best example that you can be, you know, and, and always um, don't be shy with sharing things about Islam with this person. You know, like a lot of times people might be shy of, of saying certain things around non-Muslims because it's like, well, they don't understand and they, they might feel kind of weird. You know, like you might feel kind of weird saying, Allah or Alhamdulillah, like around people who, who have no idea what that means. They don't even believe in religion at all, let alone God. So for mm. them, like you just, you say it around them. And at some point or another, it's going to pique their curiosity. They're going to ask, like, what does that mean? And then you can, you know, it's a it's a teachable moment. So, I mean, it's, mm. again, it's my limited understanding. Jazakallah bro. I want to bring this up again. Um, just to add one point, that at the end of the day, we're ambassadors of Islam, bro. The non-Muslims, they don't know what halal and haram is. They don't know about Islam. They don't know about the Quran. They don't know about the Hadith. They don't know about the messengers, a lot of them. Um, they don't know about the traits of Allah, right? So at the end of the day, for us, we must understand that every time we step foot out of the house, and even at times in the house, we are representing Islam. So we can't be moving a certain way where we're pushing other people away from Islam. We can't be overwhelming them. We can't be too harsh on them. We can't be too cutthroat. It's important to have emotional intelligence. A lot of times people don't necessarily need what you think they need. They need what they need. But we talk to them as if we're talking to ourselves. So being in a, in a cognizant state of that, I think, will be very conducive. A lot of the problems in the da'wah, which we're going to make a video about very soon, inshallah, live stream, when Rami's back in a few days, is that we're not representing Islam the way the the Prophet Messenger وسلم, of Allah, the the Sahaba عنهم, all these these beautiful ambassadors of Islam represented Islam. We're doing it in a way where there's a lot of ego involved. You know what I mean? And I'm not gonna name any YouTubers or anything like that. Um, but it is something that inshallah we gotta keep in mind. How do you guys take care of your face? It's water. Water, bro. We do, water, bro. we do five times a day. Minimum. Water. The zone that I, I learned before I became Muslim was that all the products that you use on your face, like the uh, acne creams, the uh, cleansers, the scrubs, the moisturizers, it's the soaps, bro. It's all fake, man. Just use water. Your body will take care of itself and eat proper food, exercise, spend a good amount of time outdoors, get sun. That's it. Simple. That's it, boys. Speed us. I'm assuming is is music really haram? So again, we're not a scholar. We're not a scholar, bro. What the hell does that even mean? We are not scholars. We are not qualified to give fatawa, to give rulings. We are not. Um, but from our limited, limited. One more time, limited understanding. Um, musical instruments are indeed clear-cut haram. Reason being is there's there's an authentic narration where the Prophet mentions that there will be people of my ummah that will come and they will basically make so-and-so things. They will try to make these things permissible. 
you can't make anything or try to make something permissible if it's already permissible. That would make no sense. So the only extrapolation from this, clearly, from majority of scholarly consensus, is that it's only things that are haram that obviously one can make halal or try to make halal or permissible. Mm. So because of that, the list of things that he included, وسلم, included musical instruments. Um, I think there were many other things too, like wearing silk and gold for men, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's clearly impermissible. Now there's a difference in opinion in if nasheeds or vocals are permissible or not. Um, I would recommend anyone that anytime you're stuck in between halal and haram, you know what I mean? Like where something's not clear cut. Um, I think this was Ibn Taymiyyah. I believe, I'm not 100% on it, but he was saying anytime you're basically in a bridge between halal and haram, where something is neither explicitly mentioned to be haram, and some scholars say it's not haram, but then it's also, it's it's unbefitting. You don't know if it's makru or not. Then I read this, this one text, again, don't take my word for it, do your own research, that if you do it, and there's valid opinions that it's not necessarily haram, then there's no sin. But then if you don't do it, then you basically are rewarded and it actually purifies your your heart as well so at the end of the day if you're ever caught in between best bet if you have the fortitude to do it just avoid it at all costs is the hadith that's uh mentioning the whole things about the uh, instruments um being forbidden is that is that sahih yeah so i believe it is and i'm just gonna double check because if it was not sahih um, if it was not authentic, then there would not be any use of this hadith today. It would hold no jurisprudential weight, let alone Idris scholars using this hadith. They would not do this, bro, if it was not authentic. So let me just pull that up, bro. Um, but while I pull that up, I will let you answer the next question. Figure out the main thing that you want to focus on and uh, just start start learning what you have to learn. You'll never have 100% of knowledge on these things. So just start with uh, the limited knowledge that you have. Don't expect perfection. And um, I feel like success rate is much higher in numbers. So if you have like a person that you're doing the podcast with or several people that you're doing the podcast with, it makes it very easy to stay on top of it, you know, because at some point you're not going to feel like doing the podcast, but then the other people that are involved are going to keep you on track. So it's a, it's a very good way of ensuring that the things actually get done. Because mm. um, had, had it been just me doing the podcast, probably wouldn't be here. Had it been just fired, who knows? But I have a feeling also probably wouldn't be there. And Rami as well. Also, like, man, may Allah bless him. He's a powerhouse in terms of his knowledge. But it's it's the same thing. It's like we're human. We're subject to emotions and all this stuff. And podcasts, like, bro, like, or sis. Is this a sis or is this a bro? It's a brother, Elias. Brother, my bad. Forgive me, bro. So it's, man, it's, it's work. It's work, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. And like, you're trying to do the podcast. I'm guessing on top of everything else, this is not the only thing you're trying to do in your life at the moment. So it's it's definitely work, my guy. So do consider getting like multiple people on to this podcast with you. We don't know how much work it was, bro, until we started. 
Alright, so this is in Sahih Bukhari 5590. Uh, it says that the Prophet said, From among my followers, there will be some people who will consider illegal intimacy, like out of wedlock and all that. Um, the wearing of silk for men, the drinking of alcoholic drinks, and the use of musical instruments as lawful. There will be people that try to consider them lawful. But just think about that. And there will be some people who will stay near the side of a mountain. And in the evening, their shepherd will come to them with their sheep and ask them for something. But they will say to him, return to us tomorrow. Allah will mm -hmm. destroy them during the night and will let the mountain fall on them. And he will transform the rest of them into monkeys and pigs. And they will remain so till the day of resurrection. SubhanAllah. So it's pretty clear. And also understand too, um, I believe it was Adam salam who, when he had his his progeny, his lineage, they were basically uh, segregated. There was no mixing and any of that um, between the two. And Iblis, Shaitan, used musical instruments to basically get them to commit heinous things in the eyes of Allah. So it's, it's very clear. Like Also, another thing too, Anha, personally, you know, coming from a non-Muslim background, right? Not to air your sins or anything like that, but it's very normal as a non-Muslim. You you probably didn't know about Islam and that music is musical instruments, you know, are haram, right? So I'm sure there was a little bit of a shift when you came into Islam. So do you want to talk about things you've noticed? Because it's it's oftentimes not until that we leave something long back that we can actually notice the the impact that it had on us. Mm. So it's going to be all subjective. But I'm sure yeah. if people were to uh, apply it to their own lives, they'd probably notice these things as well. Um, so music in and of itself can control someone based on the frequency that it's uh, playing at. You know, and then if you if you ever if you ever tested it, if you listen to a sad song, you're probably going to end up feeling sad. And how is this? Is because the frequency, it, it almost like takes down this barrier. And when when it takes down this barrier, like, you know, I'm not saying a physical barrier, I'm saying like a mental barrier, it takes down this barrier. And then it's like everything that's in the song is being just like uh, planted into your brain, like programmed into you to where it's affecting you on a subconscious level. Maybe consciously you, you're not really thinking about it much, but on a subconscious level, it's affecting you. How can you know this is you ever had those moments where your body is like moving to the beat of a song and you just kind of like bob into it and you're like damn yeah. this, this beat smacks no this beat doesn't smack it's actually beating the life out of you right now it's programming some disgusting stuff into into your psyche and bro i realized this before islam so i remember i was stopping like listening to music but i would still listen to um, like instrumentals or like very, I guess like different types of music where it doesn't have any words, but it's more like like focus type music and stuff like this. But it's still music, man. Like it still has an effect on me. And I, I noticed this when I did a dopamine detox where it's mm -hmm. like if I try to focus on something without, let's say, you know who Hans Zimmerman is, right? No, 
Uh, yes, you do, bro. The dude who did like the Interstellar and um, Inception soundtrack and all that. I actually, I think I know the soundtrack, but I actually don't know the guy. But got you, got you. Well, he, he's made like these are like soundtracks where there's no music and where there's no like there's no vocals, but it's it's probably if you were you know a jazzhead and listen to stuff, and it's it's very nice for like just studying and getting very focused in on something. And I remember I would I would test it out. I would do what I had to do without this soundtrack, and then I would do what I had to do with this soundtrack. And the the mere fact that the soundtrack had an effect on my ability to focus, and I'd say my emotional state and my mental state, I'm just like yo, like that's crazy. Even this like just classical soundtrack instruments only had an effect. On like my psychological, emotional, and mental state is is beyond me, bro. Beyond me. So again, like now that you have these hadiths, where it's sahi, it's like you have to you have to question these things. You have to be very very observant, and you gotta see who's like who's actually saying things about music being permissible and stuff like that. It's it's usually it's usually Sufis, right? People who, who mm. go into the Sufi sect, and I think some Shias and stuff like this. But it's like well. If you start looking into that, you kind of see where things get a, a little hazy. That's all I'm gonna say. That it's it's a little hazy, you know. Mm. Alhamdulillah, I agree with you, bro. My experience with a lot of these things that I left back in Jahiliya was the same thing, very similar. Um, and it wasn't until I'm not even gonna say months, bro. Sometimes years, bro. Looking back and just realizing like how much dead weight I left back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Hayat asks, where is Rami? So again, mentioned in the beginning of the stream, brother Rami is absent today. He already maxed out his billable hours, bro. He's on probation now. I don't know if he's going to be back. I'm just playing. Um, I believe, inshallah, this Wednesday, it's only going to be me and Rami uh, for the Wednesday stream this week uh, coming up because it's too late for Anhal where he's at. Uh, unless you want to you wanna be up, up at night, bro. By all means, be my guest. Uh, but then... This coming Saturday, in exactly a week, it's going to be the 28th, inshallah, we are bringing on Sonny Faz and his mom for part two, inshallah. See what it do. Sam asks, Salam, Barakallah uh, for the super chat first. Uh, Salam, I made a very hard decision to become a physician assistant, but my Muslim parents do not agree because I am not a full doctor. I know they want the best but how do I handle them shouting at me for my choice? Sheesh. Is this is this a brother or is this a sister? Uh so Sam is a is a very androgynous name. You know what androgynous means? So I think I think in many countries, bro, including the States, it's actually an offense to assume someone's gender, bro. So I don't care, bro. Yeah, bro, I don't even care, bro. Let's let's assume, listen, statistically speaking, there's more men. Uh, with the name Sam than women, so let's just say brother, bro. I think it's a, I think it's a sister, bro. No, I think it's a brother. I think it's bro. a sister. Come on, bro. Look, it's a smiley face. What's a smiley face? She put salam with a little smiley face. What if she he is face? just a little fruity, bro? Like, who are you to assume? Come on, now. Come on, bro. Salam. <laughs> uh, let me let me read. I think it, it's a sister. Yeah, I think it's salam. A sister. If it's a sister, please, please. Um, let us know because that's gonna literally give all the basis 
of like what the answer is going to be. If not, I can't really answer the question yet. Ah, uh, bro. So I made a very hard decision to become a physician assistant. Okay, so let's let's unpack this first. You made you made a hard decision to become a, a PA, which is fine, alhamdulillah, because it's not only is it a hard decision, the consequences of the decision are harder as well because to continue on that path, it's going to take a lot of forbearance, a lot of skill, discipline, hours, energy, money. So may Allah bless you to be successful in that if it's truly meant for you. Um, I mean, but then you said my Muslim parents do not agree. I'm a full doctor. So it's kind of like anytime I see this a lot in like Desi, Asian communities where it's like someone wants to be a nurse. They're like, okay, why don't you just become a doctor? Someone wants to be this. So why don't you just become that? And I'm going to give some advice from myself that when it comes to a lot of these cultures, they've been indoctrinated by Western colonialist propaganda which will basically promote this capitalistic worldview and, and establish the most important precedence in dunya and only dunya. All these people will just chase dunya. They're going to want the, this degree, this qualification, this much money. And I'm not saying these are bad pursuits, of course. They, they help us navigate this, this life. They help us make money, stay away from haram, right? So no one's denying that. But what I'm saying is these things per se won't matter much in the eyes of Allah because it's already clear what things pleases Allah and what things don't. These things could be a bonus if you're already a good Muslim. If you're on, on point as a Muslim, you're doing your best, you're striving to please Allah, right? But I think these things are very secondary and some people just won't get it. So take this advice how you will. May Allah bless everyone's parents for being super, super, you know, motivational, uh, pushing us to, you know, get all these these badges and stripes it's fine but i really don't think you should pay it any mind number one if they're they're shouting it yeah i get it but at the end of the day see where they're coming from they're not coming from a place of hate they're also understand most likely immigrant parents and if they're immigrant parents they've been kind of pigeonholed into this whole fight or flight kind of mentality you know they came here probably left all their comfort back home they came here they were probably lower class didn't have much money didn't have much ground to stand on and they're 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 in fear bro they've seen kind of the other side of of the the whole fake american dream that they propagate you know they've seen the other side they've seen the reality and because they yeah. see it, they're kind of out here trying to protect you from going through similar things and they don't necessarily need you to be a doctor, but they they see being a doctor as a token of security, stability, success, and they want you to be secure no matter what. That's the most important thing. So if you can show them that, okay, being a you know PA, I'm still going to be secure. Being a PA, I'm still going to make a lot of money. There's still a lot of barakah in it. It's still a lot of khair. It's not a haram job. Um, and you're saving lives. You're helping people. So if you explain it to them that way, alhamdulillah, if they're with it, they're with it. If they're not, I don't want to go there, but there's a lot of fatawa. Um, majority of scholars unanimously, um, you know, have a consensus that your parents, although we have to obey them, we have to respect them for sure. But when it comes to what you want to do for a career, there's no, there's, it's not haram to basically do what you want to do instead of following their, their desires for you. Um, but I do want, want you to understand just because it's haram doesn't mean we got to be, you know, 
sauce about it. We got to be mean about it. We should still sit them down, try to get them to understand. Even And it's never a one-time thing to understand this. It's probably going to be a multiple-time conversation. Um, but if you can do that, inshallah, it'll be very beneficial for you. Inshallah. If it's a sister, uh, then um, what Fayyad said stands true. Nothing wrong with being a physician assistant especially if again you're a sister and a brother is going to you know you're going to get married to a brother and he's going to provide because at some point you're going to let it go so it's like why spend so much time working for this like high title position and then you get married and then you have to let it go at some point whereas you could work for I mean you could study for a brief period of time get this decent title position that will give you good good money but you don't really have to worry too much when it's time to let that go and actually have kids and have a family and all that. Now, it's a brother who's asking this question. I told you, bro. Ooh. I told you. Ah, bro. I told you, bro. Okay. Bro, I'm... All right, man. Forgive me. Forgive me. But this sucks and because I'm about to be real harsh with you, man. Uh, the question I have for you now is why do you want to be a physician's assistant? You know, like if if you had something else you want to do, that's completely understandable. But why would you choose a lesser position when at some point you will have to provide for your family? You will have to provide for a wife. Like, let's just put this into consideration. Let's put yourself in the future. Uh, you're about to get a nikah. You're about to get married. Okay. Do you think that the money that's going to come in from a physician assistant, and please don't let me, don't don't make this uh, like if I'm beating you down. I don't want it to sound like I'm beating you down. I'm just trying to like bring the facts here as harsh as it might sound. Do you really think the money from a physician assistant is going to give you everything you need for you, your wife, and then now let's say you're having a kid. Now let's say you're having two, three, four, five, five kids, right? We don't know how much you're going to have, and it's all in the color of Allah, but it's not going to be enough money you're going to struggle and bro like you can't progress like you're not going to be able to get to the point where you can start making even more money as a physician's assistant i mean you might to a certain extent but not really that much so it's like if again i gotta ask like at that point like are you really gonna make enough money and if if you want to do something different i completely understand like, bro, you want me... to make a business Entrepreneurship. Let me let me let me finish. Bro. Let me finish. Bro, that's um, PAs it, make bank, bro. PAs make physicians assistant. Physicians is uh, that's why I had to stop you, bro. Uh, maybe it's it's a uh, lot a little bit of ignorance on on the career because a lot of a lot of these things we don't know how much money they make, but they make mm. a lot of money, bro. Like physicians assistants, I've I've heard of some making one fifty k, two hundred k a year, bro. Trust me. Oh, forgive me, bro. Forgive me. I didn't know this. My bad. Okay, that's ignorance on my. Oh yeah, look, take, someone even commented that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Forgive me. Forgive me. But Bro, what if this man already rise... dropped out by now? No, 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 no. It's definitely that's my my bad. But um, what I'm saying still rings true. Like, aside from the money now, like, do you feel like that's something that you're gonna be content with? You know, because how much time does it take to actually become a physician's assistant? It takes, from what I what I remember. I think it's about three to four years. Three to four years. Yeah. Mm. And you're pretty much qualified just as much as a normal physician. Okay. But then the question is like, 
would you would you be happy with that? Would you be content with that? You know, because and not everyone's the same here. So that's why I got to bring the question up. So again, forgive me for the ignorance and forgive me for being a little harsh in the uh, other thing. I was uh, thinking of something else here. And I was thinking that you weren't going to be making as much money. But um, it's a genuine question that you should ask yourself. Like, are you actually going to be cool with that several years down the line? Alhamdulillah. If I had an on her looking a little more chatty. Chatty? Alhamdulillah. What the hell? Chad. Chad. Like Giga Chad? Chad. Giga Chad. All good is from Allah. Om Rahim writes, how do you guys give that to someone who rejects books? Uh, they write they ask how do you give dawah to someone who rejects books again I think it's more so just your your actions your example all that stuff Hmm. I appreciate that man may Allah bless you and may Allah make it the way you see it I mean Sister Hawa writes, do we have your permission to use your videos and add subtitles in other languages for non-English speaking brothers and sisters? I'm a sister from France. Of course, inshallah. We, we, inshallah. We, mademoiselle. Uh, just make sure to uh, write that it's the three Muslims. Try to, you know, link it back to the channel as much as possible. And may Allah allow you to get immense good deeds and barakah from trying to propagate our movement into multilingual avenues. I mean... Um, Fahd, where'd you get your kufi? Medina. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. I'm a 13-year-old boy from Belgium, and I always watch your videos. May Allah bless you. Like a cat, bro. Yeah. Yeah, Piers may come. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, bro. My bad. Damn. Man, forgive me, brother. I, I Completely, I was thinking about something else. It's all good, bro. Uh, let's see. Sheikh, what time is it? I can't see the time. 855. 855. Oh, wait, no, it's not. It's not 855. It's 12.55. Oh, where you at? Me, yeah. Damn, now y'all know it's time zone. <laughs> Somewhere. I mean, if they really want to, like, Google it. I mean, bro, like, I have videos on Instagram where I was, I was like, saying. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, no, nah, that's, that's, that's what's up, bro. No, no precise location though, you know. Yeah, no. But just general, optimistic living channel asks, "What are y'all grateful for?" Everything, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. We're not qualified to give fatwas, but on what is your your perspective on it? As someone who used to be a little bit more into me. Uh, again, we're not scholars, man. We can't give you a direct ruling. Um, for me personally, I'm I'm under the understanding that for training purposes, uh, hey, by all means, as long as you're not like trying to really kill the other person, hurt the other person, then by all means, man. But again, we're not we're not scholars, man. We can't give you a, a fatwa, so don't don't depend on what we say for uh, your action. Alhamdulillah, it's clean advice, bro. He's uh he's taking care of some stuff, man. Inshallah, he'll be back soon. Inshallah. See, bro, I'm telling you, people already knew, man. Turkey is is beautiful. Alhamdulillah. 
what you what you what you pick up on so far about Turkey? You want to talk about that? I mean, I feel like I'm in kind of the um, you know, like when you just visit a place and it's like it's like that that honeymoon stage, right? I felt like I was in that honeymoon stage, and I was like, hmm. I wonder if this would be a, a decent area to to do hijrah. So I prayed in Sahara, and I'm not going to say I have any signs or anything, but the moment I prayed in Sahara, it's like Allah immediately started to reveal like all the, the bad parts about Turkey, the bad things about Turkey. So um, I'm just kind of seeing that. It's not perfect. Nothing in this world is perfect. It's a dunya, obviously. But... Istanbul was beautiful. I'll tell you that much. Especially when you go into the, um, what would you call it? That little body of water. Like, would you call it a harbor? Would you call it a... More like a creek. Is it a creek? But it's the ocean, though. Is the body of water the the, the Boston River, that one you're talking about? Yeah. They, they say they say Bosbaras. <laughs> Buzzbutters, something Buzz like that. Yeah. yeah, mashallah, man, it's beautiful. When you go on those boats and you just look up on the hills, you see like the mountainsides and you see all the different buildings and you see the big masjids, bro. Beautiful big masjids all over. Like I'm talking about, the moment you look, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, bro, and they're all huge masjids. Beautiful, like the Blue Mosque, Hagia Sophia. These, I think, these are like the biggest, biggest. But, like, all the other ones aren't that much smaller, to be honest. They're all very comparable in size and beauty. SubhanAllah, bro. So, there's that, man. When you, when, you, when you went to Turkey, did you have the Adana kebab? The donut kebab? Adana, Adana. Adana kebab. What is this? That's, like, the bro, one of the main kebabs, bro. Banging. I had that everywhere, bro. It's, like, lamb and it's, like, red meat. It's so good, bro. I don't know, but all the food is amazing, bro. Recently, I tried some of, uh, it's like mussels, and they make them in like rice. Like, they cook up rice, and they smash it into the mussels. It's almost like sushi, but it's, oh my God, bro, it's so much better than sushi. Bro, you got me, you got me excited now. Yeah. Mm. From time to time, I try to remind myself just to keep the position, the tongue position, because um, if not, then our tongue tends to be like all over the place instead of like on the roof of our mouth. You like that fire? Bro, I don't know what the hell mew, mew is. Mewing, mewing. They're all do y'all mew. Oh, then the mewing. Verb. what is what is mew? mewing? Mewing. I thought they were talking mewing. about the Pokemon, bro. No, but that was um, that was a very rare Pokemon, by the way. It was. Uh, it was a flying cat or something like that. Flying alien cat. <laughs> yeah. No, but mewing is a, a a specific practice to restore your facial structure. Hmm. You do it. Mewing in consciousness? I mean, I want to say no, but you're focusing in on something. So perhaps, you know, perhaps. And Allah bless you, brother. And you as well, Habibi. 
I think that was the sister, but oh, <laughs> yeah, take... bro, take that back. Nah, but if it's a brother, then I mean, um, okay. AOG asks, would you do a podcast with you, Shavin? Inshallah, we we love the brother. Inshallah, why not? Sister so Saliha asks, what are the biggest lessons you've learned since starting YouTube? With great power comes great responsibility. That would be for me. What about you? Damn. I think the biggest lesson that I learned since being on YouTube, especially in the TBM, is uh, just how ignorant I am. You know, like we're all ignorant to an extent, and we try to make excuses and say we're studying and we're learning and all this stuff. But like when you actually have to speak on these topics and it just kind of forces you to see the reality of things. And the reality is, like, I'm very ignorant. And I think I'll probably be very ignorant till the day I die. Alhamdulillah, may Allah increase me in knowledge, but it's just it's so much. I mean, bro, I mean, and trust me, bro, at the end of the day, there's, I believe this is this is a hadith, where it basically mentions that if you take the steps for the sake of Allah to seek knowledge, Allah will basically just push you with the men's barakah, definitely butchering it, but just make life easy for you in the affairs in this this life and the next, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Anonymous writes, you guys should get hijab on the podcast. Been there, done that. Just search up the three Muslims, Muhammad Hijab or Muhammad Hijab, the three Muslims, something like that. It's from a while ago. Uh, Frostfire asks, would y'all still have a convo with Young Don? So many of you that aren't aware of what this person's talking about, we had a little bit of this, I, I want to say heated, bro. And I know y'all see the clickbait sometimes, but this just generally was heated, bro. Lines were crossed. Disrespect was made towards Islam, towards Allah, towards the Prophet Wasallam. And I'm going to say just from the goodness and khair of my heart, they were made from his end out of ignorance. And if y'all haven't seen any of the videos, search up the three Muslims, Yadan, watch some of them. And it was this whole like arc. You know, when you watch an anime, bro, there's like one arc. It was literally like an arc, like a chapter. And looking back at it, I still want him, inshallah, to be guided to Islam. Of course, bro, I still want that. Um, so from that point of view, would y'all still have a convo with Yadan? I'm going to speak for myself and then I'll let Anhal carry over. But when you look at people in Mecca, when you look at history, when the Prophet ﷺ was trying to basically convey revelation, give da'wah, the amount of hate, the amount of animosity, the amount of opposition he got, bro, not just verbal, physical, to the point where they were throwing stones and rocks at him, stuck for Allah, he, he literally passed out from that type of stuff. And it was, it was very hard. It was not an easy journey nonetheless. And even at that time, bro, you look at Khalid bin Walid, you look at so-called once upon a time people that were enemies of Islam. They were opposing Islam. They were even offing Muslims, right? They were never shut off from Tawbah, from seeking forgiveness and repenting to Allah. And they were never shut off from accepting Islam. So from that point of view, Khalid bin Walid, the sword of Allah, we all know that. All the beautiful people that, yes, sure, once upon a time they were ignorant, they were programmed, but then they came into Islam. I think because of that, I'm, it, it's, it's, I'm not going to be close. I'm not going to be a gatekeeper from, for Islam, you know, for, for young God. I'm not going to do that. But in regards to the podcast, it depends. 
if he can acknowledge that the way that he behaved was not okay, if he can acknowledge that some of the jabs that he's made, the disrespect, spewing things out of hatred and taking things out of context, um, bringing on a post for a stream and just spewing nonsense, bro, for hours, deleting streams, deleting comments, changing the truth. If he can acknowledge even an ounce of that, maybe. But if it just continues the way things stand now, probably not. Yeah, I agree. Fair enough. A huge salaries. Bro, Muslim man. We are Muslims. Oh, bro, listen. This scam is fans too? Don't even get me started on that, bro. Just just type Young Don scam or something like that. Made a video on that. This was... I, I forgot about that, bro. It just goes to show how much, like, I don't hold these things to heart. But it's it's so problematic, bro. SubhanAllah. Um, Sam, we're going to assume it's a brother again, bro. Listen to me. Statistically speaking, it's a brother, right? What is your advice for being all around haram or holding on to halal? I mean, just keep moving in the direction of the halal, bro. Allah knows what's in your heart. And Allah says in the Quran that he, he will never punish a slave so long as they are asking for forgiveness. As they are repenting. So just keep mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness from Allah. Keep moving in that direction. And uh, just know Allah sees everything. Inshallah. Wolf asks about our thoughts on gaming because he is against it. We had uh, this brother on here, the um, productivity athlete. Productivity athlete. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't make it to that stream, nor did I watch it later. But I knew, bro. If anyone talked about it, it would be him. Yeah, he talked about gaming. How it could be a beneficial thing for some people who um, need some kind of leisure activity. Oh, I thought he was going to talk about reaction time or something like that. Yeah. Um, reaction time is something to consider, especially for games like um, Call of Duty and stuff like this. But you got to think, like, do you really need the reaction time for whatever it is that you're experiencing in your life? Um, the answer to that will probably give you the answer. And then you got to ask yourself, are you willing to sacrifice X amount of time every single day or whenever it is that you play these games to do this thing for this quote-unquote benefit of reaction time? Um, I don't know. I feel like there, it can be a benefit to some people, but for most, it's probably not going to be a benefit, you know? For most, it's like you could probably use your time better. But again... Like I said, could be a benefit for some. I personally would struggle for a while, and I still do, because I'm I'm human, bro. Just like y'all. Um, to feel that spiritual connection sometimes. Sometimes it's logical cerebral which is fine you know because we we have rational based conviction in islam there's no blind faith here but when it comes to ibadah sometimes just mechanically going through all the you know the obligations that we hold in islam can be 
burning us out more than we'd like to admit. And having that intrinsic motivation or inspiration to continue for the sake of Allah makes it easier. Um, so definitely it is important to strengthen your spiritual connection instead of just mechanically going through all these different obligations. Now, one thing that helped me personally, I mentioned it in the stream, the last week I went to the masjid pretty much like I think three or four of the the daily prayers every single day for the week that I was back home. And bro, I kid you not, my iman was at next level. My spirituality, my connection to Allah, is next level. Subhanallah, bro. And it was, I'm pretty sure it was just due to that. Because just co constantly being there in that environment, I realize now why it's better for us, at least especially men, to go to the masjid every day for our salah. Yeah. I was going to say that, and I was just going to say to spend this time on electronics, and uh, you'll, you'll see for yourself. I'm not even going to say anything, because you'll see for yourself. Inshallah. Brother Bilal, may Allah bless you for the super chat, for always supporting our channel, bro. Anonymous writes, you know there's a hadith, there will come a time when holding on to your religion will be like holding on to hot coal or burning coal. Yeah, this is, this is facts. And don't think that time is far from now, if already here. Stick asks, Anil, have you seen a dream from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or a dream that came true? <coughs> oh, Damn it, bro. Yeah, I have I have had dreams, subhanAllah, where they come true. It's um it's crazy. I wouldn't I don't know if they're from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe some of them for sure, but I've seen them that come true and it's, uh, it's it's crazy, for sure. No, no, no. Anusha, are you strategizing the channel's growth? Hell no. Nah. We used to put a lot of time into that. Now we're just posting whatever and letting Allah take over. And Alhamdulillah, it, it's less work with more ROI. Whereas before, we were trying to do all these things and planning and doing the most, bro. It's kind of cringe looking back at it now. Remember those edits, bro? Those, those goofy-ass edits, bro? Yeah. Subhanallah. Yeah. Amani, sister, may Allah bless you for becoming a member. Update on the Discord. I wouldn't know. Let's wait till Arami comes back. Uh, let's see. Okay, Arami. Uh, Anho, bro, what do you think about this? You could just call me Rami, bro. I was going to say Rami. You're like, you're, like my, you're like my dad, bro. Mixing up me and my little brother's you, names. You know why? Because I'm literally about to message Rami right now. Um, because apparently there was a brother that wanted to take uh, Shahada today. Um, so I'm just trying to see if we can do that. So do you want to answer that, bro, in the meantime? My friend is taking Shahada soon, mashallah. Do you have any tips for him? Mm, keep it simple. Read the Quran and learn how to do the prayer. Don't try to do all this extra stuff. Um, what steps should he take to start praying? I can't say this is like a halal or, you know, something that's even promoted, but I started with just uh, having the video playing and following along to what the guy was saying in the prayer until I could actually like um, kind of do it myself. And then when I could do it myself, I started with only one prayer 
every single day. And then after about a week of doing that, I bumped it up to two. Um, then once I got the two, I was just like, you know what, khalas, let me just do all of them. And then from there, I've been doing all prayers ever since. Alhamdulillah. So Alhamdulillah. Um, again, I can't say I can't say it's promoted or recommended, <clears throat> but uh, just I don't know, just do what works best. And and this, bro, this is a very giant, this is a very ignorant opinion. I'm I'm still very, you know, learn, trying to learn everything. I'm not a scholar at all, but again, keep it simple. Keep it simple, and just keep making steps to. Uh, learning how to pray, getting closer to Allah and reading the Quran and all that stuff. And inshallah, Allah will make it easy for you. Inshallah. Oh, the Shahada brother is coming. Let's go. Uh, do you want to answer this? Yeah, yeah, we can. The only thing I can say from here is uh, Allah knows best, man. I have no no knowledge over this um we could ask some scholars but i have no knowledge over this bro alhamdulillah all right let me let me comment this right now because i want this to be on the screen when the brother comes take the shahada inshallah Let's see. Oof. Heavy. How do you get to the highest level in Jannah? Yeah, follow the Quran and the Sunnah, boy. That's it. It's simple. If you can follow that to a T, you on the right track. Hmm. Inshallah. Inshallah. I wouldn't know about this. I don't know. Hmm. All right, let me bring this up. Because uh, I want I want him to read it, you know, we're visual. I don't want no, uh, no errors. Inshallah. Let's see. There, correct. Let's see. Hello, bro. There we go. Let me just double check this. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. Yup, we gooch. Let's start this. How are you doing today, my love? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Home of Quran. The question is, how are you doing today? Messi or Ronaldo? I don't really watch soccer. What about you? Yeah, I don't, I don't watch soccer. Bro. Uh, bro, am I the only guy that doesn't watch sports? I find it so like such a waste of energy. Man, I'll tell you what. I've always been the guy that's, um, I'd rather play the sports than watch them. Hmm. Okay. Bro, Sam's going in just to clarify on hell. I'm a 19, I'm a 19 man. Oh, bro, there's 19 men, bro, in this one encounter. It's not even one guy. I'm just playing. I'm giving you a hard time, bro. You guys know how to have the type it properly. Also, do any of you have any workout routines 
or website. I can follow Mela Bless everyone. Uh, YouTube, bro. Underrated, definitely. Inshallah. Yeah. Yeah. And again, bro, forgive me, man. I thought you were, I thought you were a sister. May Allah bless you in, in whatever pursuit you end up taking, bro. Ameen. Ameen. Ethan, boy. What hey, it do? Guys. How's it doing, bro? Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. How's it going, man? Bro, I'm are good. You ready? I'm good. I'm ready. Bro, Habibi. This is this is the moment you've been waiting for. Um yes, listen, unlike unlike brother Rami, everyone, uh, if you made it this far, smash the like button, spam the comments with Shahada Time. Uh, and Ethan, bro, before we go right into it, I want to know a little bit about your journey thus far, right? So, of course, we're going to do the Shahada, but please let us know, bro, anything and everything you want to share about what made you get to this point right now. Yeah, um, basically, I was raised as an atheist. Um, in fact, I'd actually say my family are more anti-theists. They kind of, like, mocked religion my whole life. Um, but myself, I was always more agnostic. But I suppose the last six months or so, I started watching like debates between Muslims, Christians, atheists, Jews. Every single time the Muslim would win, I'd never saw a Muslim lose any debate ever. Um, so I, I suppose that's, that's what led me here. Uh, personally, I mean... I, I dealt with addiction for many years, um, and the only thing that helped me come out of that was my relationship with God. I'm at a point in my life now where I need to take it to the next step, I think. Alhamdulillah. Okay, cool, bro. So we're just going to go over a little bit about some of the beliefs that you require to be a Muslim. Yes. Um, so these, we have the five pillars of Islam. These are basically the five things that are required from you as a Muslim. And then there's the six pillars of Iman, right? The six pillars of Iman, or Iman loosely translated to faith, right? But there's, there's so many other ways to describe it. But just conviction, for lack of a better word. Um, these are things that are basically requisite for you to be Muslim. So they're not really responsibilities or things you have to do, like the five pillars of Islam. But these are more so things that we need to just see where you're at, bro. Just very simple questions. Um, if you don't mind. So we'll go over those, all right? Any questions? Yeah, yeah, sure. Now go ahead, go ahead. Bismillah. So the first question is, do you believe in Allah? That there's there's a creator, there's God, and God is one. 100%. 100%. Perfect. Do you believe in the angels? The angels that Allah sends to give revelation? I do, yes. And then the third thing is the revelation that I just mentioned. The revelation um, or scripture, you know, the Quran and the previous scriptures that God has sent. Yes. Perfect. Do you believe the messengers? I've got a Quran here. Alhamdulillah, bro. That's perfect. And do you believe in the messengers, messengers or prophets of God that Allah sends revelation to to then relay it to mankind? Absolutely. Perfect. Do you believe in the day of judgment that one day we're going to be held into account for all of our good deeds um, and everything like that? Yes. Perfect. Do you believe in divine decree or predestination, which we call the Qadr of Allah, so that Allah is all-knowing and basically has a divine decree laid out for us? Yes. 
perfect bro that's it i think i think you're qualified and i think you you have that understanding alhamdulillah now with regards to the five pillars of islam is basically going to be you know the shahada which is necessary for you to become a muslim um that's the first thing the second one is prayer you know your five daily prayers we'll talk about all that bro we'll create like a group chat with me you Anhel, and rami uh, we'll send you some resources too and it's a step-by-step -step thing but the shahada is the most important um the third and fourth are you know fasting in the month of ramadan if you're able to uh no medical conditions or anything like that and then the zakat which is the 2.5 percent of our unused excessive wealth that just sits in your possession that we have to give to the needy and then the fifth one is hajj which is the pilgrimage uh that we make to the kaaba in saudi arabia at least once in your life if you are able to does that yes. make sense yeah, Perfect, yeah, yeah. Bro. so that's it how are you feeling great Alhamdulillah. Okay, sounds good, bro. So let me pull this up right now in Arabi, and then I will basically read out, and you could just repeat after me. Sound good? Yep, all good. Okay, Bismillah. So Ashhadu, Ashhadu, An La, An La, Ilaha, Ilaha, Illallah, Illallah, Wa Ashhadu, Wa Ashhadu, Anna, Anna, Muhammadan, Muhammadan, Abduhu, Abduhu, Wa Rasulu. I bear witness. I bear witness that there is none. That there is none worthy of worship. Worthy of worship except Allah. Except Allah. And I bear witness. And I bear witness that Prophet Muhammad. The Prophet Muhammad is the final messenger and servant of God. Is the final messenger and servant of God. Allahu Akbar, bro. You're now Muslim. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate that, guys. Of course, bro. How do you feel? feel like um, a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. I've been waiting a while to do this, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, no, bro. Alhamdulillah. How you Alhamdulillah. Feel? Alhamdulillah. Bro, happy for you, man. It's a, Thanks, it's guys. a surreal experience, man. You're probably going to feel that for like a good month. Yeah. yeah. More than that, definitely. Um, bro, do you have any questions or anything like that? Because I'm sure, you know, now that you became Muslim, obviously, alhamdulillah, we have this little bit of a spiritual high, which is fine. Um, but I'm sure if you have any questions, bro, we'd love to, you know, go through some of these things. Yeah, I guess. Um, what's the next step from here? Okay, so the next step that I recommend is going to be to learn how to pray. Now, yeah. prayer or salah loosely is as again we know it's loosely translated to prayer um but worship would be a better term because understanding that the main neo or intention of us doing salah is yeah we can make dua which is asking allah for things that's fine no one said you can't do it but it should be irrespective of that we should be we should be prostrating and worshiping allah by virtue of allah not necessarily because of what we want to get out of it, although we will get tremendous benefits out of it for sure. Um, and these prayers, we have five minimum obligatory prayers per day. There's optional ones like Doha and then Hajjud, which is a night prayer, but don't need to think about that right now. The five daily prayers are the basics. Now, in Islam, right, understand that because you're a revert, you have a clean slate, all of your sins are forgiven, inshallah. And now we need to start from the basics. So 
first, I would say learning how to pray is going to be important. So we can send you some videos so that we send the reverts to basically go over how to pray, what the movements are. So you get comfortable with that. Right. Then, you know, you can do it step by step guided. I just recommend memorizing Surah Fatiha, which is the first chapter of the Quran. It's not that difficult to memorize at all. Um, if you recite it, even it's it's like. 30, 30 seconds bro it's not like a long thing or anything um so you could play that on repeat for like a day or two i've i've known people that memorized it that quick it's not anything difficult understand the meaning too and then basically i would recommend you to just start praying one prayer a day right i'm not going to tell you go into it start five out of five burnout it's better that you slowly build this up and not burn out than try to be on 10 toes down right away a few months and then burn burn out you know what i mean yeah um, yeah start with one a day um there's different times of them you can download uh, a prayer app uh, just with prayer times or salah times the first prayer is fajr right so this is going to be um around dawn so dawn is give or take an hour or two before sunrise depending on where you are um and that's the hours that it's valid so basically you cannot pray fajr until fajr time comes which is done um and then it's it's basically you're done the the time to make that prayer by sunrise so it doesn't mean you can't make it up after sunrise if you have a valid excuse or you forgot or you know you just overslept you you had the intention of getting up that's fine um but we should pray on time and we can talk about that in uh, dms then you have Dohar and asr which are like during the day um you have maghrib which is right at sunset so Maghrib, as long as you know when sunset is, that's as long as it's valid. And then Isha. When it comes to the prayers too, Allah has given this for us, bro. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, why, why are Muslims praying all the time? You know, like, why do you guys need to do this? Why does your God need this? God doesn't need this, bro. We need Salah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Allah has so much mercy on us that he didn't even make Salah obligatory um, the normal way for people that are traveling or are ill and stuff like that. So, for example, if you're traveling, um, I believe scholars can uh, have a consensus that the distance is about 80 kilometers or so. So pretty much leaving your house going more than 80 kilometers. Um, if you're traveling overseas, you are basically in the state of being a traveler. So in that state, you don't even have to pray all of the prayers into entirety. So some of them have basically four cycles. They change to two cycles. They're shortened. You can also combine them. It's literally it's it's a mercy bro it's, it's made very easy on us and you're a new revert so i don't expect you to you know get to that point that you want to get overnight it's not realistic it's not feasible but it's very important that we start with the first steps um so inshallah we'll we'll touch base with you in instagram and just cover a little bit about how to pray yeah i really appreciate that of course bro what's next inshallah um well I suppose, I mean, I have already been praying. I, I usually pray as soon as I wake up and before I go to bed. I don't really know how to pray, though. You know, it's it's kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know how I would describe it. I, I, I do it, but I don't know how to do it properly. W would it be in Arabic? Would I have to pray in Arabic? Or would it be okay in yeah. English? Yeah, so the, the prayers are in Arabic. And uh, this is something that you have to learn. But again, it's like Faya said, you, you don't have to rush. You know, there is no rush here. Allah knows what's in your heart. And as long as you're making the intention and, and making the action, not just the intention, but the action, and you're doing little by little, little by little, to get to that point, Allah is rewarding you and accepting it from you the same way. You know, it's like, it, it's, it doesn't make sense for you to rush. 
and then burn out and then not pray at all. You know? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, like... I said, hmm. I just wanted to say my experience. Um, I, I reiterate it because I already said it earlier in this video. Um, but for myself, man, I would literally put my phone up like this and I would put a video of this guy praying and I would just follow along, bro. I had no idea what to do or what to say, but after doing that several times, I started getting the feel for like the motions, the movements, and then I started learning the actual Arabic. And um, if I were to condense the time frame, because for me, like I was all over the place, but if I were to condense the time frame, I think in less than a week, I was able to do the uh, the Turaka, just basically the prayer, the normal prayer, at least the Fajr and well, no, all the prayers, because it's all doing the Surah Fatiha and then you can add the Sunnah prayers after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just want to clarify one thing, bro. Um, someone said, "Wait, Dohar isn't optional." I never said Dohar is optional. I said Doha, D-U-H-A. Uh, it's the one in between Fajr and Dohar, and that is optional. Yeah. Welcome to Islam. Um, yeah, Ethan, bro. What else? What else is on your mind? Well, um, I suppose since I've already started prayer, I can just implement the. Islamic prayer into the prayer I've already been doing, right? That would be fine. Yeah. Um, things I think like the prayer that you're doing, my bad for cutting you off. I want I'm you to sorry. continue, but I have a feeling that the prayer you're doing now is is a form of dua, where you're like you you're asking Allah for something. Maybe it's for um, peace. Maybe it's for understanding. Maybe it's for guidance or something like this. Am, am I correct? Uh, yeah, guidance always. Okay, alhamdulillah. But continue, continue. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, no worries, bro. I was just gonna add to that too that in Islam, um, the default for basically halal and haram, meaning like things that we should abstain from and things that we are permissible in partaking in, um, these things as a generality in principle, um, are everything is halal or permissible unless explicitly mentioned that it's haram. So when it comes to most affairs in life, you can do them unless, obviously, there's revelation or a hadith, authentic hadith or an ayah in the Quran, basically making it clear that it's not permissible. You know what I mean? But then when it comes to ibadah or acts of worship, here it's the opposite. So here everything's impermissible unless it's specifically mentioned to be permissible. So someone can't... I heard this this one guy being like, "Oh, I play the musical some musical instrument for God." It's like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, sure, I'm sure they have the right intention, but it's not paired with the right action. So, because in Islam we have to adhere to exactly what God wants from us in terms of the acts of worship, um, I would just recommend to learn. Um, take your time, you know, and we're here for you every step of the way, inshallah. But take your time to learn how to pray salah. And then in salah itself, you can actually make these dua. When you're prostrating with your head on the on the floor, you can actually make these duas that you're making anyway when you pray. You can ask for protection, guidance, peace, wealth, anything you want. If you're going through a, a struggle, trials and tribulations, you can cry out to Allah. And I think it'll, it'll be a, a little bit more befitting as a Muslim. What do you think? Yeah. You can make dua at any point too. Yeah, yeah. You don't that think point. that you you can only make them during like the prayer times. Like, my yeah, God, so, it's, so it's like, separate it's, to the prayer, right? 
you can combine it. You can do it like like Fayed said. You know, if you're making the prostration after you say what has to be said, then you can make dua in that prostration. But again, bro, like if you wake up at like 3 a.m. in the morning, you can make dua. It's not like you have to prepare yourself to make dua. No, you can make dua, bro. It's it's only after or before the the main prayers and before the sunnah prayers as well that we perform wudu. Wudu is the the cleansing that we do before going into the prayers. The actual, um, I'd say the the ritualistic prayers. Right, I, I understand. I've got it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my next question would be: Obviously, I'm someone who's sinned a lot in my life. I'm sure I'll sin again. What? How? How do you cope with that when you do things that you know are wrong? Mm, beautiful, bro. So it's known through Islam that if mankind did not sin, right? If the children of Adam, peace be upon him, did not sin, then Allah would destroy us, literally destroy us, bro, and replace us with a people or civilization that does sin just so we can repent and understand the value of Allah's mercy. What does this mean? It basically means that Allah understands that every son, and, and I believe the Prophet mentioned this in the hadith too, that every son of Adam is a sinner. Like every, like there's no exception, bro. Um, the best of sinners are those that repent. You know what I mean? So understanding that sinning by nature is nothing weird or bad or something you should be nihilistic about. Understanding, obviously, ignorance and arrogance are two different things. So if you're ignorant and you don't know, it's a lifelong journey, bro. The thing with Islam is it's, it's very multifaceted. You're not going to understand everything that are sins and things we should avoid overnight. Bro, I'm like a couple years into practicing Islam myself. And I'm just like, I still have moments where I, I'm finding out new things. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's the same with Anho too. So it's it's a lifelong thing. Treat it as that. Um, but understand you're going to sin. When you do sin, the best thing that you could do is repent uh, sincerely to Allah and actually make dua to Allah to help you overcome these things. You know, I know today we're, we're a little bit too dunya or materialistic related in, in our affairs, we think that, okay, if I have a medical condition, then I need a medication. If I have this mental problem, I need therapy. If I'm financially struggling, I just need to go out and make more money. So I get it, bro. It's the input, output, X and Y. But when it comes to our affairs as Muslims, we should always rely on Allah first and foremost. This is something huge because many people don't, right? So I know you might be like, okay, if you're struggling with, let's say, nofap, or you're struggling with some addiction, right? I know you might want to go watch YouTube videos and other advice. And I'm sure there's practical advice. I'm not denying that. But relying first and foremost on Allah is pivotal, bro, to make it easy for you. Making dua, Ya Allah, I'm struggling with this. I want to leave this for your sake. Please help me overcome this. Please help me abstain from this. And you'll immensely notice this like spiritual boost. And you're just being basically protected by Allah from these things. Um, yeah, I've, I've already experienced that, to be honest. You have, right? Like, like I said, I, am, I dealt with addiction from like the ages of 12 till last year. When I'm 22 now. So, you know, and that's like drugs and shit. Um, sorry, not in the language. But yeah, it was obviously a, a, a very a very difficult thing to deal with addiction. And the only thing that ever did help was prayer. So that, that makes sense. 
Yeah, That's amazing, bro. I don't know. What do you say about sins? Well, look, the beautiful thing is that when you become Muslim, all your sins are wiped away. Alhamdulillah. But that's not to say that we're going to be sinless, you know, like, and just know that the, I'd say the first multiple times that you sin after this point from you or not. And again, like, I don't, I don't want you to sin. I'm not trying to like, uh, foreshadow some like bad things happening to you. No, I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. But what I'm saying is that inevitably, like as humans, we are going to sin. And I'm telling you, bro, like, as a revert, when you do sin, after you've, like, been wiped away from all your sins, oh, it hurts, man. It hurts. And, like, you'll, you'll be in prayer. You'll be in, like, prostration. And you'll just be crying because, like, it, it's just, like, it, it's, it's real, man. Like, it's, it's not fake at all. It's real. And all I can say is that uh, there's this hadith where the Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, he said that, when one sins, uh, it's like this black dot goes on your heart. And the more you sin, the more these black dots begin to increase until your heart is covered in this veil, this like black veil. And at that point, once it gets to that point, you no longer know what's good from what's bad. At that point, you'll do something that's bad and you'll think it's good for you. Or you'll do something that's good for you and you think it's bad and then you don't want to do it at all. <laughs> So when it comes to that point, it's like, well, actually, you don't want to, you don't actually let it come to that point. You know, you always want to be making repentance and asking for forgiveness to Allah. But just know that um, if you ever do start getting to this point, like Allah is the most merciful. Allah is the one that's like, it's literally, it's his, two of his names, Ar-Rahman and Rahim. It's like the most merciful and the most. The especially merciful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially Beautiful. merciful and the and there's another one they're especially merciful and the especially um i know arahman means the most merciful and arahim means especially merciful ah uh, i see i see yeah is it i believe so let me let me google that while you look it up i don't think that's up. what it is i got you bro so arahman means the most beneficent um or the most merciful, and then Ar-Rahim means, yeah, the, the especially merciful or continuous gotcha. merciful. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But but look how beautiful that is, bro. That like, uh, bro, Allah knows what's in our hearts. Allah knows that we're gonna sin. Allah knows everything because He's He's already written it, bro. He's already written it, and it's not because He intends bad for us when we do these things, but it's. Because he intends the best for us. He wants us to learn. He wants us to grow. And we, as humans, we don't grow unless we suffer, unless we struggle through adversity. So we have to go through these things. And Allah always, all Allah, all Allah asks us to do, or tells us to do, actually not asks us, he tells us just come back to him. Trust in him. That's it. You don't have to do anything. Like, if you're over here crying and, and you're suffering because you're addicted to something or, or you're having these issues, like, bro, like, go to Allah. Allah is the one that's going to heal you. Allah is the one that's going to take care of everything for you. You don't have money, bro. Allah is the one that's going to provide for you. You don't have food to eat. Allah is the one that's going to provide for you. You're sick, bro. The doctor could give you a medicine, but if, if Allah doesn't will for this medicine to cure you, 
the medicine's not gonna do anything. So again, it's it's all goes back to Allah. So as long as you keep going back to Allah, no matter <laughs> what you do, you know what sin you do, like just keep asking for forgiveness, keep going back to Allah, and remember that Allah is the uh, the most merciful, especially. Oof, I love that, bro. May Allah bless you for that. And Ethan, bro, I hope that that kind of resonated a little bit, hit something yeah. in your heart, um, yeah. because it definitely resonated with me. Um, so someone writes or asks, what happens if your heart is completely blocked? Like Anil said, um, if you didn't make it clear already, like Allah does basically make it very known in, in the Quran and Surah Al-Baqarah, which is the second chapter of the Quran, that basically those that have healed hearts or their hearts are sealed at that point, like that's it, bro. There's, there's not much you could do, but, but. Allah also mentions in the same surah, in Surah Al-Baqarah, that never will anyone be misguided or basically not get the guidance from Allah unless those that are defiantly disobedient and arrogant. Meaning the people that they just don't even want to be saved, bro. They don't even want to open their mind out to the truth. So if you genuinely want to pray for guidance, like Brother Ethan has been doing, you will inshallah get, get hidayah and we got we to gotta trust in that. Yeah. And then Sister Fatima asks, can you please talk about free will and destiny? I'm so confused. So in Islam, there's one disclaimer that i want to give very clearly to everyone listening and tuning in that there's many things that are areas of confusion or doubt sometimes we are unclear on these things right and i want to make it known that the answers to all these questions are are all out there they've all been answered you can find them online it's very simple so anytime you do come across something where it's like a doubt or you're like oh how, how does this make sense or how do I basically rationalize this? Understand you can come to us, DM us at Three Muslims on IG, or do some research online. Um, now, pertaining to this, I'm sure a lot of you, maybe Brother Ethan, maybe Brother Angel, I know at least myself, I came across this doubt um, or confusion when I was you know, very new into practicing Islam, that what is this whole thing about free will and destiny? Because if if God gave us free will, right, and we, we are in control of if we sin or not sin, but then God also wrote down what we're going to do how are we accountable then didn't god make us do these things and no because god didn't make us do these things see the divine decree or the color of allah that was basically written in everything that everyone's going to do every decision someone's going to make right they weren't things that allah made us do allah just wrote down before we were even here what we're going to do so in a sense, it's basically writing down what the decree is, what everyone's going to do, all the sins they're going to commit. It's not that Allah made like a, a program or anything and then clicked execute and then we just did all these things. No, we still have free will. Allah wrote down everything that we did with our own free will. Allah also wrote down everything and in the other things that we didn't do and what would have happened had we done those things, but we didn't. So the divine decree is very multifaceted but it's not something that god made us do so i want everyone to understand that it's just it's basically writing down everything that we will do um but we still did it in the sense so we can't blame like oh god wrote this so i'm gonna do it no god wrote it but you still did it if that makes sense yeah you know the whole free will and destiny thing that's, that's something i never was really confused about that. just because uh, i always played video games when i was younger <coughs> And the example that I want to give is like, you have a video game which is created by a developer, right? This video game has many, many different ways that the, the game can end. But the creator, the developer of this video game knows exactly all the ways that it can end, right? 
Now, when you, as the gamer, plays this game, you have the free will to choose whatever you want in this game. And what you choose will depict what the end of the game is going to be, what the outcome of the game is going to be, how the experience is going to be. But the one who created the video game already knows exactly what it is that you're going to experience. Yeah? And then when this happens, it's like, it's, it's a lot like life, man. Like, Allah has created everything. Allah has already written it all. And we are here just making decisions. If you, if you really think about your life, all it is is just the decisions that you make. Because the decisions you make results in an action. And the action results in a, a reaction. But it's, it's all decisions, bro. This entire life is all decisions. And these decisions is what free will is. And the free will is what begins to unravel what your life is right now and what it's going to be and how it's going to end and where you're going to end up in the end. Man, Marshall, may Allah bless you for that, bro. Um, I do want to add to that beautiful point that we're not comparing a lot to video game developers whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, it's just an course, analogy. And we must understand that video game developers are made from human beings that are limited and they basically code them in a way where there's there's kind of like an algorithm or like an order of events that could happen. Whereas the God of Allah, Allah still did the same thing, but Allah also wrote down what we actually end up doing. Where the video game, it's kind of like open source. Like you could go this way or that way. Allah also gave us the option, but knows which one we were going to do. We still yeah, made that exactly. decision once again to go this way or that way. So Allah didn't make us do it in a way. Um, but just wanted to clear that up. Yeah, 100%. Bro. Ethan, bro, anything else? I, and don't feel like you have to create questions that you don't even have. Uh, just because I keep asking you, I just want to make sure that you leave this with a little bit of security and certainty um, in some of the things that might be a little bit unclear, if there are any. Yeah, so... Um... I mean, I don't really know many Muslims in person. The ones I, I used to know were, I wouldn't say they were, they were the best Muslims, like drug dealers and, and stuff. Um, I suppose, how do I go about networking with other Muslims? In, Where are you from? Where do you uh, live? England, um, a city called Hull in England. Okay, DM me that on IG. I'm going to put out a community post on, on T3M Instagram and I'll find some beautiful brothers for you to be connected to, number one, uh, inshallah. Number two, you can go to the masjid and or the mosques and just organically find the community. But I think doing it this way, it'll take a little bit of the pressure away. Um, and understand it's it's one of those things. Like I want to give a huge shout out to Brother Anthony Ant West, if you are watching this, bro. Uh, he did a shahada. Um, and then he got on the stream with us, I think, months ago, but even a year ago. And he is a, a revert as well from America. And right now, he has an amazing community. He's always posting stuff on IG because um, I follow him. And he's, he's posting, you know, going to these events, these retreats. And he has a huge community of Muslims. When he reverted, he didn't really know anyone. So it's very normal to kind of like, it's like if you ever go to college out of state, you know, Day one, you don't know anyone there. You, you're coming from high school. You're coming from your old clique. You come into college, you don't know anyone here. You don't know where anything is. It's all new, right? But then look at someone in, in like fourth year or their final year of college. They're not going to be lonely. They're going to know everyone. So understand, it's just something that comes with time. I think Anhel's phone definitely died. Mm -hmm. um, 
So inshallah, he can make it back before we wrap it up. But I just want to make it make it clear that it's there's no pressure, and it's just something we just got to take step by step. But I will do my best to facilitate that. Um, when you DM me the city, see if there's anyone there. There's going to be a lot of people, inshallah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. I think that's all, to be honest. Alhamdulillah, bro. So if you have no other questions, I think inshallah we'll just touch base in Instagram, uh, the group chat that I make, and in the meantime, uh, just. Make some dua to Allah to continue keeping you steadfast in the right path and to keep you out of harm's way. And everyone in the comments uh, or in the live chat, please make dua to Brother Ethan um, that he stays on the right path and more and more people can be influenced by him now. So the Prophet um, this is something unique to Islam. You know, when you look at other religions, sure, they were given messengers and prophets, right? But when you look at Islam, the Prophet, peace be upon him, not only gave us revelation, but in his final sermon and in many of his talks, he basically told us that da'wah or spreading Islam, spreading the truth, is something we must take on a personal level too. It doesn't just end with him, his revelation, peace be upon him. It's something that we should all do. So that's why right now, um, understand that, you know, the Prophet mentioned, convey from me, even if it's one verse, literally one verse, like one line of the Quran. So it just goes to show that you don't have to become a scholar, number one. You don't need to go do street dawah or none of this, bro. But first and foremost, your akhlaq, leading by example and being in good character, that's first and foremost, bro. And and this could be something like, for example, let's say some of us have foul speech. Or we grew up in the West, people are swearing, cussing, rap music, whatever, right? All of a sudden, you become Muslim. And let's say you understand Allah doesn't really like foul speech. It's not befitting. We represent Islam. Let's say you make these changes and you stop swearing, right? This alone is da'wah. You're not telling anyone about the Quran. You're not telling anyone about anything. But they know you're Muslim now and they see this change of character. You're a little bit more empathetic. You know what I mean? So da'wah doesn't necessarily have to be active, direct da'wah. Um, talking about Islam, preaching. It could also be indirect, and that's like first and foremost the bare minimum. Um, but I just wanted to leave you with that because understand that um, now people will use you as an example, and a lot of people that might be on the fence, maybe even someone, brother living in England now, maybe close to you, watches this video, they're like, oh, I've been Christian, I've been thinking of Islam, I don't know what to do. Oh, brother Ethan did it. And that inspired him maybe, let's say, to take the Shahada tonight in his bedroom. So, you got to understand that now we are a force of good and we have to continue making dua to Allah to keep us that force of good and allow us to inspire more people and inshallah Allah will accept it from us. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, bro. I think with that being said, bro, um, inshallah we will touch base and to everyone watching in, stay tuned for uh, this Wednesday. We will stream and then Saturday in a week from now we're going to bring on Sunny Faz and his mom for part two, inshallah. Smash the like button down below. And with that being said, Salaam Alaikum.